This Bible teaching comes to you from the Apostolic Church All Nations Centre in Kennington, London. Here now is Pastor Abraham Saki with the Word of God. Last week, Pastor Mbagwe spoke and he spoke on matters of practical, um, practical everyday ownership matters. We have a, a webmaster. We're doing our very, very best to serve this generation. And we've got people who hands our body. When we meet on a Sunday, on, on, on the weekdays, in the evenings and stuff like that, some people, don't, some people think that we sit at home and do nothing. Oh, boy. I'm not here. Listen, this I didn't plan to say. But I think it's very important that you understand what goes on. We have a webmaster who makes sure that this is a house of bread. Going back, we were... Solid word of God was preached to us. Pass it on to your friends, my friend. Just click on the link on there. Send it to your friends. There you are. Just look at me and smile at me. Come, I said, smile at me. Kiss me and wait for me. Tell me that you never, never let me go. <laughs> I'm living on a jet plane. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> As Pastor Meldrum said to the next door, he said, we are not going anywhere. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Thank you, Father. This is Resurrection Sunday. This is not my church. This is your church. You said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. A wrestling match is not against persons with bodies, but against a special host of wickedness in very high places. So help us to stand Help us, Lord, to stand. Help us to stand. Above all, may we have goodwill towards one another. That's why you called us goodwill towards all men. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to speak. I'm going to speak on the subject. Yep, looking at the time. Practical everyday ownership matters. Easter. What's wrong with this? It's not working. Okay, thank you very much. Practical everyday ownership matters. Easter, demonstration of ultimate ownership. Demonstration of ultimate. In accounting, and I do apologize, in accounting we've got, who is the ultimate owner? Because you know that uh, you have proxies and everything, and everything is hidden. If you and I are listening to since this Ukrainian thing, they try to find out who really owns that company. Because they got tied up here, tied up there, tied up here, and it's all smoke, smoke screens and mirrors. They don't want to know who owns it. They say, let's flush them out and see who really owns it. When it suits, when it's only when it suits them. Practical, everyday ownership matters. Easter, demonstration of ultimate ownership. What are my objectives? One of the things that we did quite a while back, we had some, when we preach in this place, we say start with your objectives. When you start with your objectives, you cannot go wrong. Well, you can go wrong because some people, he can tell you that I'm going to tell you how to, how, how to make pound a day, and by the time it's finished, it's made a, a lubon or something like that. Two different things. I said I was going to use that word. I told my wife I was going to use that word, but I have. Please forgive me. So, Slide two. What are my objectives? It call for a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift is a real shift. You say somebody shift, I've shifted. No, 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 no. A paradigm shift is one, we had the privilege of going to Kenya a while back, and when you stand up the Great Rift, Valley Rift, 
we're told that the earth moved. It's a cousin, a big cousin, not just a slight shift. So we're looking for a change in our mindset, in the way that we do things. I need a change in my mindset. And you say, what's a mindset? For me, a mindset is a mind that is set. I'm not shifting. Nothing will change me. So a call for a paradigm shift in the way we, 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 we do life and everything else that comes with it. A call to choose to be owners in the matters of life. And I'll explain that in a moment. To make the assertion that the mindset of the owner finds its roots and wellspring in God, who is the original and the ultimate owner. You know, in my mother tongue, we sing a song. I'm not going to tell you. But it basically says, the heavens are mine, the earth is mine, the people are mine. Satan, tell me what is yours. Simple. God says, it's mine, it's all mine. Which one is yours? The psalmist says, the day belongs to God, and the night also belongs to him. So if the day belongs to God, night belongs to God, why should I be afraid? Night or day? Doesn't matter. So the third, but it is it is this mindset that was at work when Jesus left his glory to be born of a virgin, to die the death of a criminal, to be buried, rise up the third day, and be at the right hand of the Father in the city. I believe in God the Father Almighty. So you have the Nicene Creed and you have the Apostles' Creed. Do you know your creeds? Do we know our creeds? Let me read my scripture to you. I'm on slide three. Jesus, the original owner. John 10, 9 to 18. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I'm preaching this message in the light of Easter and all its ramifications. Our subject is talking about practical everyday ownership matters. And for me, this passage tells me that Christ knew exactly what he was doing. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Whoa, don't I love that? The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And this is what Easter is all about. This is what Easter is all about. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a harling, whenever I read that word harling, it sounds like a real insult, you know? A half, a half, is it halfway house? Uh, a mercenary. What's the other one they use? Um, a job's worth. Jesus says, but a harling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep. So we are talking of ownership matters. One who does not own the sheep. This, my dear sirs and madams, and whatever I say in between, is a matter of ownership. Practical, everyday ownership matters. But the harling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and he flees. And sometimes some of us behave like that. Now this is where some of you might choose to be upset. Please, if you want to be upset, don't let me stop you. Go all the way and be upset. Because the Bible tells me he sees the wolf coming. He's gone. The other man will say, oh, long time story. Long time story. He's gone. Because there's danger. He sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Christ didn't miss his words. Why should I miss his words? Because we are under shepherds. 
This is what some of us cannot stand. They say, when you come, don't preach. What else are we going to preach if we're not going to preach God's word? I don't like him. Please feel free. He will not be the first. He will not be the last to say that. Oh, Abraham Saki, be careful now. You're going to get us into trouble. The harling flees because he's a harling and does not care about the sheep. The harling does not care about the sheep. Tell the person next to you and smile and say, the harling doesn't care about the sheep. Now, I was going to ask you what to ask them whether they are harlings, but they might strike you if you say that, so please don't. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. I'm not going to have a class in English, but that is the first person possessive. Mine. My sheep. My sheep. My sheep. Christ declares. So, Easter is about ownership. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. And I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. One flock, one shepherd. One flock, one shepherd. Very soon we'll be going online. And one of the subjects we're going to treat when we go online is ties that bind what is it that keeps us together as a family? You say, if I'm sorry, I'm not, we are not a family. We are supposed to be a church family. What was the theme for our last uh, convention? One, one fold, one shepherd, one thing? Is that just one fold, one shepherd? Oh, so I'm trying to introduce a third, third thing that wasn't there in the first place. Okay. That's what happens when you don't do anything at all. Your head is... Anyway. But the thing is this. What is it that's going to hold us together? Listen, I'm standing here. I'm speaking to you as a friend. I'm speaking to you as a, as a people that God has given us responsibility for. Talking about a friend, do you know something? Should I say, somebody saw me this morning. He said, you are fat. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been seeing this person for two years. And the fellow, he said, you are fat. The funny thing was, I sat over there and taking the picture. And I said to the couple, I took a picture. I said, hey, let's take it again because my tummy was protruding. So I know I am fat. You don't have to tell me. Uh-uh. <laughs> Listen, I can laugh at myself, yeah? And then after that, I was standing there with her, Oga, Oga, Oga at the top. And then this lovely young lady came and said, Pastor, I think you could make, well, first of all, you haven't been to the gym for a while, or where's that effect? <laughs> As the Nigerians say, see me, see trouble. But it was all out of love, of course. I can never forget, I went to a meeting once, and um, this is a church meeting, and this man sat there, and he was taking pot shots at me. He was taking pot shots at me, until I thought, I've had enough of this. I looked, and he said, listen, I reserve the right of reply, you know? I think he looked in my face, and knew that this black man should be messed about with. He stopped, just like that. Just about three months ago, I, <laughs> we were talking at the meeting, and I said, hey, do you remember when I said that to you? They all started laughing. This I don't mind, I know I'm fat myself. I know it. I need to lose a little bit of weight. And uh, the fact is, but what has this got to do with practical everyday ownership matters? It has everything to do with practical everyday, because ownership means take care of yourself. They say the good life, the good life, the good life, the good life. You're a wicked person if that's all you're saying, and then you, have, you fall sick, and your relatives have got to take care of you. Practical everyday ownership matters. 
not exactly to do with the ultimate owner, but this what I must take care of myself. Let me move on. I do listen, I do apologize if I've offended somebody by saying I'm fat, because you look at yourself and say, well, but I'm fatter than Pastor Saki says, so if he's fat, then I must be fatter fat, as they used to say. That is the story. Slide three. At the heart of God's dealings with humanity is the Easter story. In the economy of God, this is a sermon I preached in 2014. I picked the trust from there. 2014, I preached over here. Yeah? In the economy of God, the Easter story holds all things together. Someone say amen. amen. At the heart of the Easter story is the cross of Christ. This is because the cross of Christ is both horizontal and vertical. The cross is both manward and Godward in its purposes and effectiveness. Any purported dealing of God with man that bypasses or circumnavigates the cross of Christ, that's the Easter story, must be considered false, pseudo, counterfeit, and ultimately satanic. The Easter story is God's solution for the world, and therefore its implications must be studied very, very carefully. But do you know that not every professing Christian believes in what I've just read to you? Not everyone does. These days, oh, but it's a Christian. Which kind of Christian? Which one? Go to slide the next slide after this. Different Christian doctrines. Let me read this to you quickly. In 1922, Harry Emerson Fosdick preached an influential sermon entitled, Shall the Fundamentalist Win? In which he called for, a, for an open-minded, whenever you say people, let's be, hear people say, let, be, let us be open-minded about something, you should be very careful about them. They want a rubbish mind to throw something in there. Intelle intellectual. Wow, he saw himself as an intellectual and tolerant. Where have I heard this word before? Not so long ago, tolerant, tolerant, tolerant. Now they, let me shut my mouth before I get myself in trouble. Tolerant Christian fellowship. Though the sermon cost him his post at the York's first, but when, when he finished preaching, the church sacked him because what he preached was nonsense. What he preached was not biblical. They sacked him. His views represented those of an influential Protestant minority. Now they are no longer the minority, they are the majority. This thing that you and I see now didn't start today. Satan is very, very strategic. And he worked it, worked it through our Bible colleges, through our seminaries. Now it's come to full fruition, and you and I are suffering from it. I shall say no more. Uh, and Fosdick enjoyed a long career at Riverside Church, built for him by John D. Rockefeller. Rockefeller used to be the, most, the richest man in the world. Then. So when he preached rubbish at his church, Rockefeller said, don't you mind, I'll build a church for you. One can be sure that things have gotten worse since 1922. Let me move on because I need sin to say. You may read the others later. But going to the next slide... Going to slide 10, the need for living doctrine. Don't forget that we're talking about practical, everyday ownership matters. Easter, the ultimate demonstration of ownership. Charles Spurgeon said, if your theology doesn't change your behavior, it will never change your destiny. Yeah, your behavior. Some of us behave very, very badly. And because people are afraid of you, they can't say anything. Count me out of that. If your theology doesn't change your behavior, because my, what we preach over here must inform our behavior. And when we talk of uh, ownership matters, it must affect us. 
It must influence. If I'm not nice to my spouse, I must change. If I'm not nice to my children, I must change. I must own them. I must be in a relation with them that is for their benefit. A.W. Tozer said, a doctrine has practical value only as far as it is prominent in our thoughts and makes a difference in our lives. The things I used to do, I do them no more. For some of us, the things I used to do, I do them even worse. Let this teaching on the owner change your eternal destiny. Let this teaching on the owner be prominent in your thoughts and make a difference in your lives. My dear, can you stop gossiping? Can you stop undermining people? Can you stop pulling people down? Can you stop it? Can you stop insulting your wife? What is wrong with you? Now I'm speaking to you like, what is wrong with you? Why insult the woman and the next time you're going to touch her? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. What's wrong with you, man? That's what is that. Did you know I received an email that said we should, we should, we should start preaching in, in, in our pulpits about, um, what's it called, uh, beating up women and stuff. I said, what are they talking about? Have I not been talking about this thing since before time began? I don't need anyone to tell me that. You want to fight me, please? Let me know. I said, if you're going to throw a punch, say, Abraham, I'm going to throw a punch so I can see it coming and I can dog. And then be careful of your ribs. No, come on, guys. And woman, please don't beat your husband. He's smaller than you. Don't beat him up, please. It's not good. We have spoken about ownership. What I speak today about, I must move on, is not delegated ownership, but it is ultimate ownership. So what is, what, what, what is ownership? In my opinion, ownership is a, it, it's a, it's a mentality, a way of thinking, outlook, our psyche, our ethos, our ideology, our mindset, our worldview, our thoughts, our disposition. I like the word, my disposition to life. Turn to the person, be careful. Now, no disposition. Say disposition. Disposition. You say, what is that? <laughs> a disposition is a person's inherent qualities. When we say something is inherent, inherent it's in you. It's something that's it's in you. Inherent qualities of mind and character. We always talk about character. Listen, you may have all the gifts in the world. If your character is wrong, <laughs> you are in trouble. You see, speak to something. Do you know that the anointing of God in your life doesn't change your character? He's anointed. She's anointed. But character is bad. And something was a prime example of bad character with an anointing. And then you look at uh, good old uh, John the Baptist on the other side. We need character. The ownership, the mentality of the owner. Let's move on. I will not, certainly not be able to finish. I never finish what I started anyway, but... To own is to, don't laugh, that's not supposed to be, to own is to accept. To own is to identify with and embrace. And did, it, did Christ not identify with us? Why do you think he went to the cross? To, he stood there for, 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 for you and for me. He was wounded for us. He was bruised for us. And the chastisement of his was, and by his stripes, all we like sheep, we've turned each one, and the Lord has laid on him, Thank you very much for those who saved the rest of you. So we're talking about to own is to put your shoulders. Listen, this ownership thing, if it's imbued in us, will make us a loving people. Absolutely loving people. And our homes will be great places. You go to the kitchen, you see that some of you don't like this. There are places to be washed. 
There are no angels around to do that. The children are not there. Who is going to wash it? Fortunately for me, I've got two hands. Fortunately for me, I don't come from a lazy home. My father's house, we don't, my father would say, what am I feeding you for? It's as simple as that. But the same applies to the wife also. So because a man washes every time and he cooks every time, so it's your duty. No. To own is to accept responsibility. Let me move on quickly. The claims of Christ. I'm on slide 14. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This claim is at the heart of the Easter story and indeed the mission of Christ on earth. Some of us like to be worshipped. Some of us to be like to be called Oga. Ghana, why back, back in time, like me, everybody's a manager. Hey, manager, manager. He's managing nothing. But he likes to be called manager. I think they've moved away from manager. What, what, what is the big word now? I don't know. I've, maybe I've been away too long. Having said that, listen, I've got a few titles for myself. Some of them were conferred on me. Bermondsey's finest. Thank you very much. My beautiful goddaughter looked and said, he's Bermondsey's finest. I was in Nigeria and the taxi driver, super high chief. You can eat your heart out. I don't care. <laughs> Let's move on quickly. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This is what ownership is about. He came to ransom us, to take us out from what Adam had sold us onto. This is what Easter is all about. It's about so that we can sing the, the redemption song. He died that we might be free. I may have cracked a joke here and there, but of the resurrection, we're talking about something that should pervade our lives all year round. What can wash away my sins? Come on, tell me. What can make me whole again? Oh, precious is the flow. No other fount I know. And so it is for you, nothing but the blood of Jesus. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it down. Again, I like people who speak confidently. And my God speaks confidently. I have the power to put it down and the power to take it up again. I'm not going to go about the harling. Gosh, that word harling sounds so, you are harling. Slapdash attitude to life. When this whole ownership thingy seeps into your being, peckles into your being, your life will be different. Listen, listen, listen. Young man at home, your mother tells you that you treat the house as a hotel. You go and you come, you go and you come. And one of us come on my friend, cut out the rubbish, cut out the foolishness, and be an owner. Take control of yourself. It's my life. Oh yeah? until you go and cause a trouble. Oh, mommy, mommy. Now you find out you are nothing but a wimp. Easter is about what Christ came to do for us, and um, it's a big thing I cannot finish. You know something? I stopped reading about Fosdick, but Fosdick says that when we talk about the resurrection, we are talking about tiddly wings, picadillos, little, little useless He didn't have a clue. He didn't understand when the enemy comes after you and you say, you call the blood of Jesus. Without, you know, without the crucifixion, there will be no blood of Jesus? Yes, 
When you call on that name. When you call on that name. Up from the grave. With a mighty triumph. He arose like a victor. And he lives forever. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. The real demons would not let you mention and tell them about this, this story. And then his little, little associates come and they make a lot of noise. My friend, listen to 1 Corinthians 2, reading from verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They had no clue. So this is the call I make to you. Philippians 2, 5, 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. What's my call? Let this mind be in you. The mindset of the owner. You know something? When Christ was waking up very early to go and pray, he was waking up because he was the owner. Hey, do you know a thought that occurred to me this morning? I couldn't sleep. I don't know what's happened to me. I went to bed early, maybe 9.30 or so. By 1, 1, 1.15, I was a witch. Like, uh, someone's like a witch, but I'm a man, so I cannot be a witch. I went to pray. Now I've forgotten what I was going to say. No, no, no. no I haven't forgotten. I was just tricking you. You know something? You know something? If I said to you, what is prayer? For me, prayer, in a sense, is having, um, what do we call now, a briefing session with God. Some of you work, yeah, in your life, you have a briefing session. Yeah. Pastor Victor, your line of work, they call you all together and tell you, you have a briefing session. And I thought, oh, that's wonderful. I'm going to go to God for a briefing session. Abraham Saki, this morning, we'll be going to this place or that place, and this is what I want you to do, and that's a... I thought that's quite a revelation. Rabbi, don't you think so? That's a revelation for some of you. But because salvation is free, oh, yeah, salvation is free, so what I've said to you is free. It is a briefing session, and I must attend the briefing session. You must attend the briefing session. And by this, I'm talking about your personal encounter with God. When you sit and you listen to him, I'm not saying that's the only time you listen to him. Of course, he must, you, we work along with him. But in that particular moment, I am quiet and say, Lord, I've come to be brief to what lies ahead. My time is gone, and so I must be quiet and go and sit down. But what I'm saying to you, my friend, is this. Easter is about the demonstration of practical, ultimate ownership. He gave himself. When will you give? Mr. When you're going to spend, you have a wife, you've got children. Why do you buy everything for just yourself? And then you go home, you want to be loved. <laughs> no. When you buy, buy some for the wife. And Mrs., when the money comes in, please don't spend it all. The man is weak, he's, he's falling for you. He, 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 you can't do no wrong. Don't abuse it. Leaders, God has called us to save God's people. Moses said, why have you afflicted me with these people? Oh. Moses said, why have, why have you afflicted me? I trust that we don't come to a place of saying you have become an affliction on us. We do the job because we love the job. Close your eyes with me. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you actually, why don't you just stand and begin to worship and bless the Lord? Stand with me. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. You just listened to Pastor Abraham Sake of the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Our address is 13 Tyres Terrace, Lambeth, London, SE11 5LZ. Call us on 020-7820-9917. Find us on the web at www.apostolic-anc.org. The All Nation Centre, reaching out into the community in practical and caring ways.